Hello, and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This podcast is being released on the 2nd of November, 2022, which is National Engineering Day. With me to discuss the day and all things engineering is Joe Trigg, Director of Communications and Engagement at the Royal Academy of Engineering. Joe Trigg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So just to start us off, what is National Engineering Day and how long has it been running? Well, National Engineering Day is an awareness day um, designed to celebrate the impact of engineers and engineering um, because that impact often goes unrecognised um, or uncelebrated. And part of the reason is that the real breadth and relevance of engineering to our lives is, is misunderstood. And that's quite understandable because engineering is, is enormously broad. But um, I think the world outside engineering often um, takes it for granted. So it's really important to us that we make engineers and engineering more visible, not just for that warm and fuzzy feeling, um, but also so that we can attract um, more young people into the profession. They understand what it offers them. Um, and also so that um, policymakers, decision makers can, um, can draw on engineering expertise and understand how it's relevant to their areas of work. Um, and in terms of how long we've been running it for, this is the fourth year we will have run the day, but um, it's the first year we've called it National Engineering Day. So in previous years, it's been called This Is Engineering Day, and that's because it was spun out of um, our marketing campaign to engage teenagers um, in considering engineering as a career, and that's called This Is Engineering. Okay, so that's the background to the day itself. What kind of activities are going on on National Engineering Day? Well, we've got loads of stuff going on online, uh, which is where most of the activity happens because that's the way we can reach the most people. And we're interested in as many people as possible bumping into um, something about engineering and its relevance to their lives on the day. Um, so if you go online and you search for This Is Engineering or the hashtag National Engineering Day, you should find lots of stories being shared by the engineering community about the way in which engineering improves our lives. We're, as the Academy, we're, we're um, launching two things today. Uh, one is some new data about the size of the engineering economy, how this breaks down across the UK and where the UK's engineering hotspots are. And we're, we're defining hotspots as areas where more than a third of the local population are employed in, in engineering or by engineering companies. Um, we're also doing something a bit fun um, to reach an audience who may not realise how relevant engineering is to their lives. And that's um, working with some engineers who also happen to be famous bakers. You may recognise them from the Great British Bake Off um, to engineer a celebratory cake um, and encourage others to do the same. It does have an engineering element to it. Um, and we're unveiling that um, today. And we've got a, a baking competition going on in the background um, that we're encouraging people to, to get involved in because actually a lot of the skills you use um, in baking are, are really valuable in engineering too. And there are lots of similarities that people may not appreciate. So those, those are the sorts of things going on online. Um, offline, we, we are having a parliamentary reception this morning um, where MPs and parliamentarians can find out a bit more about the, the, the skills and perception challenge in engineering, a bit more about the day um, and meet and speak to some young engineers. 
Um, they were also hearing from engineering experts about how engineers can help tackle one of the most pressing challenges at the moment, which is balancing in energy security um, with getting to net zero. So a nice knotty um, debate to be had there. Um, and we've got lots of engineering partners doing things, um, hosting talks for their staff, um, uh, celebrating their engineers on social media, people like Amazon, Meta, BP, um, Transport for London, Network Rail, uh, lots of companies involved um, in making the day what it is. Fantastic. So there's a huge amount going on. I do know that uh, the theme of the 2022 day is improving lives through engineering. And I wonder if you had a, a favourite example, if you like, over the last few months where you've seen that in action. Gosh, if I had to only pick one, that that's really, really tough. Um, I uh, came, came across one really fantastic story, actually, that is um, featured in one of our recent This Is Engineering films um, about uh, an engineer called Ellis Parry, Dr. Ellis Parry, who was inspired by his twin brother, who unfortunately suffered a, a traumatic brain injury to um, develop an app to help people with neurological conditions sort of live their day-to-day -day lives. Um, that, that, I think, is... Uh, it's engineering at its best. It's it's inspired by real world um, challenge and solution. He's working very closely with potential users. But but there are stacks of examples. We we support a lot of um, entrepreneurs and um, through our enterprise hub at the Royal Academy of Engineering. And one of those has has um, is about to start commercial manufacturing of um, the K brick, which is a, a resource efficient. Um, brick for construction made of recycled materials with a really low carbon development process, um, which is uh, which is fantastic and can make a huge difference. And in over summer, our McRobert Award, which is the, the UK's most prestigious award for, for engineering innovation, was awarded to Quanta um, Dialysists who make uh, portable um, compact portable dialysis machines that can be used by um, kidney failure patients at home at their own convenience. And as well as the amazing impact that has on, on those patients' lives. Uh, one of the things that most inspires me about that is it was um, the, the core mechanism was drawn from a juice dispensing machine, which is, which is just a brilliant example of how the engineering process and, and, and mindset work that they're able to read across from one example to, to something um, in a completely different setting. No, that is a really interesting example of, of things coming from, from different sides. So thinking just beyond the day itself, do you think that there is a good understanding amongst policymakers and amongst the general public uh, about the contribution that engineering makes to society? There are, there are pockets of good understanding, and I think it is improving. But in general, I would say no, there isn't, there isn't broad enough understanding. And I think there are loads and loads of things that contribute to that. If you search the word engineer in a Google image search, you still get a lot of uh, men in hard hats holding blueprints, pointing at things, which is an aspect of engineering, but absolutely not the full breadth of it. You don't get a sense of some of the newer fields of engineering. If you ask to receive alerts about engineering news in the BBC app, You'll get a lot of um, traditional engineering stories and stuff about constructions, about civil engineering, mechanical engineering, but you may not get the tech stories. And actually, there's a huge volume of software engineers behind a lot of our major technolo technological advances. So th there are there are broader reasons why culturally people don't don't see that full breadth of engineering. And so um, broadening that understanding is, is really important because we can't address some of the world's biggest challenges without 
engineers, things like net zero, um, things like being prepared for the next pandemic. And it's really important that we broaden that. And we know that that affects young people's thinking as well. So we know that young people have a much better idea of what people working in science and technology do than what they'd say they knew about people working in engineering. And we hear science and technology and innovation a lot. You don't actually hear the word engineering a lot. And if you think about when you last heard it, it might be about something about leaves on line or trains not working, but actually you really, are you really appreciating that you can't get up, use your phone, have an alarm clock, run a hot shower, get to work without it. I hear the word a lot, but I guess that's because of what I do and where I live. But that's oh, all God. fine. <laughs> that's all fine. You did mention net zero there. And it's an interesting example because it's such a big challenge for the whole country, well, the world, but but in this case, the UK, over a long period of time. And it'd just be interesting to tease out a little bit where you think some of the main contributions from engineering are going to come in order to help uh, the UK decarbonise and get to net zero. Well, the, the engineering contribution could be absolutely enormous. I think you cannot decarbonize without engineers, and there are and there are many, many ways in which engineers can, can contribute. So development of renewable energy technologies, um, hydrogen is being talked about quite a lot at the moment. There are you know engineers behind developing those technologies, carbon capture and storage, things like electrifying transport, um, scaling um, the charging networks for electric vehicles, um, improving um, how batteries work so they can go further and be more reliable. But but something that's very topical at the moment, um, retrofitting buildings. You know, we're all worried about heating our homes. Um, retrofitting buildings is an enormous um, effort that engineers can contribute to and um, the climate change committee um have have highlighted that retrofitting and upgrading all buildings in the in the next 10 to 15 years is a priority so i think there's a there's a huge role there um but i would also highlight the really valuable role engineers can play in taking a systems perspective on how to decarbonize because if you only look at decarbonization through the lens of individual technologies you can miss the knock-on impact some of those technologies can have on our ability to decarbonise in other places. And engineers are, are trained to think systematically, to take a systems view. And, um, and we have actually, through our National Engineering Policy Centre, supported um, policymakers in, in different departments, looking at how to apply that systems lens to different, different challenges. And decarbonisation is a, is a great one um, to, to look at from that point of view. Fantastic. Well, listen, earlier in your remarks, uh, you mentioned that the Royal Academy was releasing some new data today. Uh, and I wondered if you could tease us and let us know what uh, what some of that data is and what it tells us. Absolutely. So the data is the first cut from a bigger piece of work um, looking at engineering, uh, the engineering economy and the way in which that's different across different parts of the UK. Um, but the data we're releasing today talks about the size of the overall economy, and there are lots of different ways of calculating that, but by our calculation, um, we've estimated that it, engineering adds um, around £645 billion to the UK's economy annually, and employs more than 8 million people. So that's um, people employed in engineering roles outside of engineering organisations and people employed in engineering organisations, but potentially in non-engineering roles. So it takes in that broader footprint. It also highlights engineering hotspots. So areas where more than a third of the local population are 
employed in that engineering economy. And these appear all over the country. So our top five, for example, we've got Mid-Ulster, um, West Cumbria, Flintshire and Wrexham, Aberdeenshire and, and Derby. Um, and what that tells us is that engineering really is in, de in demand and, and, and contributing to the economy um, across the UK. It's relevant to lives up and down the UK. Um, and what the work will go on to do um, after this first cut of data is, is illustrate what types of engineering are happening where and therefore where the um, advanced industries or the emerging technologies or the growth areas might come from. So I think that's a really interesting piece of work and just goes to show how ubiquitous engineering uh, impacts are um, across the UK. Yes, that's a very interesting list of places. And as you were running through it, I was trying to imagine the the large company, possibly more than one that was behind some of those figures. And yes, there are uh, definitely matches up there where you have a large prime and a, and a supply chain uh, for certain things. Really interesting data. Uh, no, so thanks for that. I wanted to move on a little bit to skills. And how do we make sure that we've got enough engineers in total that they've got the right skills and that they keep having the right skills as the challenges change over time? Such a good question. And it's something we we look at a lot at, at the Royal Academy of Engineering. And, and there are so many different facets of this problem. So perceptions is, is one of those young people. If they don't see that engineering is relevant to them, um, obviously can't pursue it as a career and can't choose the, the subjects that will most likely lead them into into that pathway. So that's one way in which we're we're trying to tackle that challenge. Supporting teachers in schools to understand how to embed engineering in a curriculum um, is also really vital. There isn't an engineering subject for most people at school. Um, so embedding embedding engineering into other subjects, and that doesn't have to be just science and maths, it can be geography, it can be art, it can be lots of others. Design and technology is, is a really, really good example. Um, of engineering practice in schools, but making that engineering context really relevant and connecting that engineering context with real industry demand and what those skills need to be is um, an important part of preparing young people for, for engineering roles. Um, and doing that again at higher education and in further education, making sure um, we bring real life current engineering expertise into those lecture theatres, onto those Zoom, Zoom calls and lessons um, and, and making sure that really affects the curriculum. So those, uh, those things are all continually useful things to be doing. And then we're, we're starting a piece of work at the moment to look at um, particularly how we embed sustainability um, into engineering teaching. Um, and we've got ongoing work with the Engineering Council on ethics as well, as we as engineers have to um, address much more complex, increasingly complex, increasingly global challenges with lots of different communities who have a, have a stake in the impact of that work. Um, they've got to be able to think very clearly about um, the ethics of their work and how they make difficult decisions and how they work with um, the end users to, to build, build them into the development process. So lots, lots of challenges um, to think about there. And then, of course, there's keeping in engineers upskilled um, later on and, and upskilling and reskilling is so important for things like Net Zero. Actually, there are going to be some people working in industries that won't be the same in five, ten years time. How can we reskill them? Um, the learning doesn't stop when you become an engineer um, in the workplace for the first time. So making sure we can 
do that as well. So I did want to ask you about gender. And I know Mm. in in previous decades, engineering was very much a male-dominated field. That has certainly changed. But how far have we got in welcoming more women into engineering? And what more do we need to do? Very, very good question. I think the short answer is nowhere near enough. So um, we have seen some progress in, in, in improving um, the number of, of women in engineering, but we're still in the UK looking at um, 16% um, of the engineering profession being um, being female, and that um, is, is nowhere near enough, um, I think it's fair to say. And it's it doesn't compare well um, to other European countries to uh, several um, emerging economies across the world either. Um, and so we know it's not a, you know, it's not a global thing. It's nothing inbuilt about uh, women not being good at engineering. Absolutely not. It's got a lot more to do with perceptions, uh, culture, um, role models, education systems and choices. So um, in terms of what we can do, um, I, I talked earlier about our This uh, Is Engineering campaign, which is about Um, changing perceptions of engineering, encouraging teenagers to think about engineering as something for them. And one of the ways in which we do that through that campaign is is surface role models from underrepresented backgrounds. So we have an uh, an even split in terms of the people that we reach with that campaign, but we also try and tell the story of female engineers um, as well as engineers from other other underrepresented backgrounds through that. So that's, that's that's a big part. And those perceptions start very young so making sure um, young people uh, early in their early in their education have those role models is, is really important and then building the sorts of cultures that um, women feel able to stay in the workplace as well our diversity and inclusion work um, we do support companies in building those inclusive cultures and that's that's a work in progress there but good news is that I think it was back in 2017 um, we did a, a survey about cultures in, in engineering and over 80% of women who responded said they would recommend engineering as a great career um, to their friends and family so we we know it can be a really really good career for women we need to attract them and then we need to make the workplace work for them to, to keep them um, keep them there yes some progress lots to do moving in the right direction but moving a bit slowly if what I've understood not from fast it. enough at all. not yeah. fast enough no we're nearly at the end of our time but I just returning back to National Engineering Day for those people who've been uh, inspired by what you're saying and want to find a little bit more about the day where can they get all of that information and um, so they can go to the Royal Academy of Engineering website which is raeng.org.uk forward slash National Engineering Day or if you search for National Engineering Day that will come up and the Royal Academy of Engineering on, on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, our accounts will be sharing information. If you'd like to get a young person involved, we've got a, a website for them called This Is Engineering, and they can find This Is Engineering on Instagram and TikTok as well. Fantastic. I'm sure all of my uh, young listeners on TikTok will uh, pick up this <laughs> w- podcast as well. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, Joe Trigg, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kevin. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Joe Trigg, Director of Communications and Engagement at the Royal Academy of Engineering. And we were talking about National Engineering Day, which is today, the 2nd of November. 
Information about the work of the Foundation can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. There you'll find details of all of our events, all of our blogs, all our journals, and all previous editions of this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.